Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear me, Jenny Scholick, in conversation with music director and principal conductor Martin West, principal dancer Angelo Greco, and concert master Cordula Merckx. This episode was recorded on Friday, June 26, 2020, before the streamed presentation of a tri- triple bill program featuring uh, two pieces by Helgi Thomason, Soiree Musicale, and Concerto Grosso, and Christopher Wielden's After the Rain, Potida. Hope you enjoy. So welcome everybody to San Francisco Ballet's Shelter in Place, Meet the Artist Conversation. I'm Jenny Scholick, the Associate Director of Audience Development at San Francisco Ballet. Um, And thank you so much for joining us today. So for those of you who are here in San Francisco, you know that these Meet the Artist Conversations normally happen immediately before a performance in the Opera House. But of course, um, due to COVID, all of our events that normally happen in person are now happening online. And so these Meet the Artist conversations have also moved online, in this case, right after uh, the live stream of three ballets in a mixed repertory program. Um, Because we are online and all in our respective homes. Please do bear with us if we have any technological issues or sound or my dog starts barking. I will mute if that happens, but please do uh, just be generous with us as uh, unexpected things sometimes happen in these spaces. So today's Meet the Artist conversation is a little bit different than usual. You've probably noticed that there are four of us here today. I have three guests with me. Our music director and principal conductor, Martin West, principal dancer, Angelo Greco, and our concert master, Virgil Marks. Um, This Meet the Artist talk was actually suggested by our orchestra, um, inspired by an article in the Washington Post that wrote, and I'm quoting here, ballet conductors are the hidden heroes of the art form. They can serve as guardian angels of the evil, controlling the musical universe and its atmosphere, smoothing over mishaps and delivering well-timed thunderbolts with a wave of the baton. They can even see the future, reading signs of trouble in a dancer's hesitancy or hint of fatigue and adjusting the tempo for what comes next. So the idea was that it would be fun to have our principal conductor plus an orchestra member and a dancer here to talk about that special relationship and how they all communicate with one another during a performance. So with that kind of framing and no further ado, I would like to get started. So you each waved at me when I introduced you, but um, maybe in the order of We'll go alphabetical. Angelo, Cordula, Martin. Um, can you briefly introduce yourselves and tell us kind of how you first came to San Francisco Ballet? Angelo, you're up first. Hello, everyone. I'm Angelo Greco. So I moved here in San Francisco four years ago. Um, I was, before I was dancing with La Scala in Milan, and I was 19. I was really young at the time and I got a little bored of the same thing over and over. So I felt like I needed a new experience, a change of life. And of course I thought about America and a friend of mine said, you should go to San Francisco ballet because it's a really great company and it's going really well. And I was like, no, I'm not, I, I'm, I was a little bit afraid at the beginning and I was like, okay, just 
I'm gonna go there for a vacation and see how it is and and uh, I will choose after and I got in I mean as soon as I got here in San Francisco I fell in love with San Francisco and the company was like I took like few classes and I was like wow this is amazing it's like the difference of uh, dancers inside the same company like they're dancers they can do more modern contemporary neoclassical and they are dancers that are more for the classical repertoire which is really interesting and inspiring for a dancer you know you is it's not just one thing it's like everything um so after that of course i tried to do the audition and i got in and after that i just been growing and growing and growing and it was really beautiful for me for me it's like a, an, a special experience and well i'm really glad to be part of this company great can you guys still hear me so is my yeah. sound out yeah uh cordula how about you yeah hi i'm uh, cordula Mertz. um I saw about six years or so ago right now that uh, San Francisco Ballet Orchestra was looking for a concertmaster and I decided to audition and uh, I won the job and I'm just thrilled to be a part of this orchestra and of this organization. Um, I love my colleagues in the orchestra and I also really love the dancers on stage and uh, admire you guys very much, Angelo. And uh, yeah, that's how I came to San Francisco. Previously, I was in Seattle Symphony and um, before that in several orchestras in my native Germany as well. Oh, my turn. Uh, I'm Martin West. I'm, I'm the music director and principal conductor. And I came to San Francisco in uh, full time in 2005. And um, I came first in 2003 as a guest and uh, I was asked to be music director a couple of years later, which I was absolutely thrilled to be asked. I came from English National Ballet, where I was a principal conductor there. I'd just been made principal conductor, so it was a bit of a, a wrench to leave there, uh, having just be, been uh, promoted in England. But uh, since I've been here, it's been a fantastic experience. Uh, a great orchestra and just the best dancers in the world. So. Great. All right. So, sorry, speaking of technical difficulties, I just had them, but I think I'm back. Back. You all see me. Great. Um, so, Martin, picking up from you, we are really in some ways here to learn about your role today. So, kind of from your perspective, really high level, um, what would you say the job of a ballet conductor is? What are you supposed to do every day when you walk out into the pit? Well, uh, I mean, primarily, I think uh, the thing I've always kept in mind is I have to make as the best music I can possibly make with the orchestra, uh, because without good music, you can't have, really have great dance either. So uh, my primary job is to make the orchestra sound as good as it can. And then not to, uh, at the same time, equally, equally primary, is I have to accommodate the dancers to allow them to fulfill their mission to dance as well as they want to, and to be able to give them the freedom to dance in an artistic way so that they're not um, restricted by what I'm doing, but, it, but in fact, I can help them become less restricted and more artistically free uh, with, you know, uh, with keeping in the um, confines of, you know, keeping the music together and everything. So I'm a, kind of like a translator. I always think it's a bit like uh, when I first started working in ballet, it was all a little bit like Swahili to me. I didn't, had no idea 
what was going on. And uh, what I've learned over the years is that orchestras, we, we as musicians, we're trained to speak music, you know, that's our language. We, we know it very well. We understand each other when we speak music and dancers speak dance. They have their own ways of, of vocabulary, not just the steps, but just the way they refer to music uh, and how they think about it is just a different way. And they can say certain things, which to a musician would mean something completely different. And over, over the years, I've realized, you know, come to work, having worked with both of them, it, it, you have to be able to speak both languages. And I think that's kind of my job is to understand both sides of the pit because I'm in a very privileged position. I get to see the dance, although Cordler always tells me how well people have danced. I'm not quite sure how she managed it when she's playing, but um, that, uh, that, that's kind of my job. The overall thing is to allow the dancers to, to fulfill their, their dreams, as it were, on stage while we're still making great music in the pit. So, um, Martin, you just mentioned that Cordula manages to tell you when the dancers are are doing well on stage. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of kick the question over to her, which is both, can you talk a little bit about what your role as concertmaster means? And also, you know, maybe speak to that. How aware are you from the orchestra of what's happening on stage? Or is that really filtered through Martin for you? Um, that's definitely very filtered through Martin, but uh, so the concertmaster is always the um, first chair of the first violins in any orchestra and in the pit that means that I sit right, well, right to Martin's left, so against the pit wall. So I do uh, have somewhat a view of the stage, so when I'm comfortable enough with the music, I just can't resist, I just want to watch a little bit and um, it's just very nice for me to see. So as, as concertmaster, uh, there are many um, aspects to the job and many duties. I think the main uh, one is to kind of serve as a bridge between the conductor and the, uh, my colleagues, between the conductor and the musicians, um, because the conductor is always the one uh, who has to lead the music and who has the musical vision. But uh, there's a lot more to it than just Martin showing that. So in much more detail, I try to lead the, the first violin section, which is my section, and by extension, maybe also the strings and even the rest of the orchestra, and we try to unify the sound and um, in, in that sense, you know, try to translate what Martin wants to do musically. Mm -hmm. Great. And then Angelo kind of, Similar question to you. As a dancer, how do you interact with the conductor? What does that relationship look like, kind of from your perspective? So I start saying that uh, sometimes as a dancer, we're kind of like complaining all the time <laughs> about the rhythm and whatever. You know, it's also like it's, a, it's stressful. So maybe when you're stressed, uh, you just get lost in the music and sometimes you like, no, no, it's wrong. The music is wrong. And it, you, you just try to go everywhere to grip just to make it work. But I think with Martin after many years, because he's been conducting all the ballets and then singing, um, it's really easy. I have to say, I just, you know, we, we see us backstage before the performance and we're like, okay, have fun. And yeah, maybe if you can do this a little faster or a little slower, it's like, okay, see you after. <laughs> And, you know, when the music starts, it's kind of like you just connect with the conductor. You feel the music, you know, it's like as soon as you're on stage, it's not just like doing the step. You're, it's, it's the same thing. We are saying a story. We are talking with our movement. And the same thing is the conductor with the music. So it's just a, a, a point 
in between each other and we just need to find that one and as soon as you find that point everything comes along so um, I think I've been really lucky and I never had any kind of problem with the music I have to say the truth but I know that sometimes we can be a little heavy on the thing of like saying no I think it must be faster no I think it must be slower you know sometimes it, it can happen and it's kind of funny if you're outside and you're watching from outside you're like what is happening like I don't understand but I don't know it's a it's a game of stress and at the same time tension and everything so as soon as you can like do a big brief and like relax everything will be fine mm-hmm. it's like practicing also we practice on this on the studio mm-hmm. together you know yeah. Martins comes in the studio and you see our rehearsal I think that's uh, I to ask about that actually go ahead Martin well I think that's the biggest point because um Dancers, uh, you know, because what they do is so incredibly difficult. And, and Angelo is a, a brilliant example of someone who I don't think has ever um, shied away from anything on stage. He, he, he will go for things that no sane human being would try, but he goes for it anyway. And it's, it's brilliant to see, but of course that comes with its own risks. And by being in the studio as much as I possibly can, I get to learn what his threshold is you know what what really makes him tick and so we can try things and we can try some try and make him jump higher and you can see you know you know without being too uh, you know giving too much away Angelo you know it, it can fail in the studio and so you kind of find the breaking point either way you know it's too fast it's too slow that just doesn't work and so and and, and it may work one time but it but it may only work one time, time out of ten you know so we try all the time we're trying to work out where's the limit what what can we do what's going to be possible on stage and then I also get a feeling for the more I work with dancers uh the more I feel uh I, I know what's going on in the brain on on stage so that uh, I can see that you know he's, he's he's a little nervous okay so I'm just going to give him a bit more time here let him breathe or he's oh he's going for this let's just let's push him see what goes you know and it, it, you know it doesn't always work because it's live art and that's a great thing but when it does it's fantastic mm-hmm. Um, sure and every but, performance is different yeah and there's the soiree musicale that's on the that's coming up uh, you know that's, that's a really hard ballet i think isn't it you know big solo and, uh, and it's big wow. well, so you have to kind of commit there's no there's no like i oh, i'm going to hedge my bets let's see like i, I just have to like i have to decide this is where it's going to be i think he's going to do it let's do it let's all do it together and, yeah. and it comes yeah. out yeah that's it you know there is no time to think about it, actually. This, this choreography is really hard and the music is really fast, too. So yeah. it's better if you just go on stage and you don't think about it. You just follow the music and you go. It's like kind of you don't have a break. And sometimes when you think too much, things are not going to work the way that you want. But when you let your you know, muscle memory and like just let it free, it goes, it goes, and you don't think about it, you just have fun, and, and that's great. When it doesn't happen, you know, sometimes, of course I fell on the floor, performance life, so I, I remember exactly the opening night gala, which the first <laughs> jumper that I did, I went on the floor. Um, of course I get up and I, I keep going, it's, it can happen, you know, it is, it's human being, uh, it cannot be perfect all the time, definitely not. I think but it's the beauty of art form, so. So I didn't mean to interrupt that. I think on the other side, with the orchestra, you'll often find me talking to the orchestra in rehearsal about, you know, 
I'm going to practice this bit here because this is a point where I can make adjustments. We're going to, this, it, it, it's probably going to go this way, but it might go this way. So let's practice both things so that when it comes to the performance, no one's completely taken by surprise. Um, so we're all working as a team. It's, uh, it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. It's great. It is fun. Um, I want to remind our audience out there that we can leave some time for audience questions at the end. So if you have a question, please put them in the comments on Facebook and we'll try to get to those. Um, you guys were all just talking a bit about rehearsal um, and Martin, you watching rehearsal with the dancers. I'm curious um, sort of more broadly about how rehearsals work. How much time does the orchestra get with the dancers? How often are you all together? Um, and how much interaction do orchestra members and dancers really have even sort of um, outside of like the moment of performance? itself. Maybe Cordula, if you wanted to speak a little bit about the rehearsal process. Um, yeah, I think um, we usually have a couple orchestra rehearsals, just orchestra alone, and then usually depending on the on the repertoire, two or three rehearsals with the dancers. So obviously they rehearse a lot by themselves beforehand and also before the orchestra rehearsals start. All of us do a lot of work at home to, to have our parts uh, prepared. So that Everything together goes always very, very quickly, I have to say. A very quick rehearsal process. So it's always still very fresh at the uh, first performance, which, you know, sometimes I think, you know, maybe we could have had another rehearsal, but it definitely keeps it very exciting and very fresh. And yeah, and we, especially it's nice when we do like a, um, you know, like a full length uh, ballet where we really have nine or even 10 performances where you know, as an orchestra, we can keep growing. It's very, very nice to have these repeats. That kind of time. How about for you, Angelo? How different is it when you get on stage with the orchestra versus working, you know, with the piano in the studio? So actually, it's kind of, it's kind of the same. Like, uh, I have to say this company have like many programs and they are all together. You know, like we do, we start with program one in January and after that is all one after the other. And we don't have much time to rehearse. And sometimes you feel like you go on stage and you just finish to learn the choreography. So you feel kind of, I, I remember when I did Cinderella in January. I mean, the day before I was like going through the choreography because I couldn't remember some stuff. So sometimes it can happen that you forget something. But um, um, I think it's true. Like the first performance is kind of like really stressful because you don't feel kind of ready and everything can happen on stage. Um, but as long as you're concentrated and you can like fix things, you know, like sometimes it, it can happen that something goes a little wrong and that's the, the hard form. You have to make it, you have to make it better and like to get better and better. So every single performance, because we have many performances after that, it feels like a grow, growing process and every time is a little better. So um, the great thing is like we have many performances, but sometimes we get not enough rehearsal because of the timing uh, that we have for rehearsing. Um, but I think uh, it actually goes really fast as, as soon as we get on stage and we start rehearsing with the orchestra. Um, you know, Martin already knows because already knows what we, what we are going to do because he comes in every time, you know, every time he comes, he comes in, in the studio and like you watch the rehearsal. 
So I think it goes pretty fast and it doesn't take that much time to put everything together. Of course, yeah, of course, in outro, it takes time. Uh, and of course, we still like adjust certain things there, but uh, I think that's the process and it's normal. Mm -hmm. I would also like to add, sorry, that, that the fact that it's so much fun to play um, even when we don't always feel like we rehearse enough is definitely also due to our honestly fantastic and supportive audience. And that's just something I realize right now so much while we're at home and we cannot perform for anyone. It's just such a pleasure to play at the Opera House and to, I'm sure, dance at the Opera House uh, for these people who, you know, are so supportive and knowledgeable and interested in ballet. And, you know, so it's just really uh, fantastic, I think, for all of us to perform, rehearsed or not. I, can I say there's actually no bigger, greater buzz I think that I've ever had than when, you know, someone on stage just nails a, a solo and the orchestra just nail it, it all comes together, we finish together and just hear a full audience just go wild. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, they really, I, I completely miss it. I'm with you there, Paul. It's very hard being at home, but uh, and just not working with other people. But one of the reasons I, I enjoy ballet so much is the collaboration. I think a lot of my colleagues as conductors, they get to go and they work with great orchestras around the world, and they'll spend a week with each orchestra, and then they go somewhere else. And they, 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 of course, they have some sort of relationship, but it's just not the same as having a. It's, almost, it's like a family of dancers and and musicians who just come back day after day and work together and start something new, new project. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a great experience when it works. Well, that, yeah, it's beautiful. that kind of gets me to a question I did want to ask, which was about playing or conducting for ballet versus, mm -hmm. you know, like at a symphony. So you're saying one of the things for you, Martin, that's different is you're not like flying in for a week mm -hmm. working with an orchestra and flying back out. It's fun in itself. I mean, that is fun. I have to say, there's nothing wrong with that, but but the, coming back up to your home is is much is very nice. I have to say. Um, Anything else that kind of strikes you about this particular, you know, about ballet specifically, and then I'll I'll put that to Cordula as well. Well, I mean, clearly, when you have when you're conducting for ballet, you have the dancers to think about, not just your your own maestro self wanting the music to go a certain way, and so. There are, you know, great conductors out there who are famous for just being very spontaneous and making music, which is great. Sometimes, uh, you know, too too spontaneous, but but that's how they work. And but you can't do that in ballet because you can't suddenly just take off. And you know, uh, when Angelo's in the middle of the air, you can't, you can't suddenly start playing faster because he's not going to land any quicker. So all these there are there are, there are constraints it's like going around a racetrack you can't you haven't got a, the entire you know uh entire, entire parking lot to go through you've got you've got to sit through your lanes and make sure you, you you navigate the the corners correctly and make sure that uh if you see i, I use the analogy often that you know sometimes the dancers get off you know because they they do something they do something different that you weren't expecting so this they become slightly off the music in some way and you can't just suddenly jerk the music onto the onto their step. You have to be able to mold it back into where you are. But the the the, the more alert and more um, accommodating I can be, is I was like an analogize it to um, if you have a, a hole in the road coming up, you can see that something's coming, and you see the dancers 
going to make a mistake or is getting late or whatever. And rather than getting to the hole and then swerving around it like that, it's better to just move slightly there and get it early so that no one notices the change and we can get past it smoothly without anybody noticing. So I think if anybody ever notices that music's changed, and I include the orchestra in that actually, then, then I haven't done my job properly. Mm-hmm. Well, as well as I could have done perhaps, you know. Uh, analogy. I feel like that's such a good analogy. It really sort of gives a sense of that. That There's no straight line. If you, even if you had a, a great car, it doesn't go in a straight line either. The orchestra, we have an absolutely wonderful orchestra, but if I just stopped conducting, it wouldn't, it just would, it would stay going for a little while, but at some point it would start veering off somewhere. It would go to slightly slower, slightly quicker, or slightly, you know, coming apart, you know, because the, uh, whatever, probably not apart this orchestra, they play so well together, but that, you know, they, they would, the tempo would set swift. So it's always this question of just bringing it back always along, just like nudging it back and forward, you know, and that's where people like Cordler come into a, just a, a, a fantastic uh, person to have on my side who um, doesn't respond, uh, how can I say this? She doesn't, if I start beating quicker, she doesn't suddenly go quicker because that's not how life works. If you pedal hard on a bike, you don't suddenly go quicker. It takes a little while to get going. And she has this incredible uh, uh, second sense about where I'm going with it, the music. So if I just start to uh, indicate that it needs to go quicker, she just brings everybody along. So she doesn't suddenly start changing and jerking everybody else it's this that great sort of uh, malleability and uh, that we have within this orchestra i wish especially amazing with this orchestra because they're so used to to being malleable for the dancers and for the music i think mm, wonderful do you ever feel i'm chasing the tempo cordler i mean do you uh, that's one thing i want to ask you about whether you ever realize that I'm in trouble, <laughs> and you know I'm. I'm you know, um, I actually I was thinking about that quite a bit. Also, when I was thinking about what's important about being in a ballet orchestra, and I think ballet in general is definitely much more obsessed with tempo and rhythm and fast and slow than any any other group, right? Because we have to to be there for for the stage. And I realized that when in in the normal normal orchestra repertoire, my, my daily work, basically, I don't notice much of it because every symphony musician also just replay what the conductor conducts. So I think it's n- normally perfectly natural. When I notice how much goes into that is when I get to play concerto, which is part of, of what I do as master as well. I get to play the solos. And then I notice, oh, wow, I prepared this at home. And this has to be slower. This has to be faster. This has to be this. And I, it's very, very challenging for me sometimes. And I actually... By now, I have to say, I really enjoy that challenge also because it gives a sense of creating something, not just me, but like a greater thing together. But that's when I realized how much goes into, into judging the, the tempo and the pacing of a piece. And so, Martin, probably great job to you for normally making us feel like we're just making music. Really, we enjoy so much just playing, but there's probably a lot of little adjusting going on all the time. Yeah, well, I'm sure you must have realized, I mean, you must have come across times when you've had a big solo. And like you say, we play it eight, nine times. And then one night would just be, I might even tell you this is going to be different. But even during that particular solo, you might, you know, I suddenly have to draw it out because whoever's been on stage has suddenly done a beautiful arabesque and they're not come out of it. And they just, and we have to accommodate something, you know, and, and, you know, Cordula only has a certain length of bow that she uses, but somehow we have to make it all work, you know. 
Um, do, you, do you ever know? I mean, in the solos, I definitely have to change sometimes, and that can be presumably much harder for you because you, you're you're giving everything you have at the time. You know, to, to yeah. you, know, you have to come I mean, in what you're doing, and same with the. I guess the dancers have to do the same, Angela. Yeah, I think we 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 actually do the same thing, and but we are. I think we are kind of demanding sometimes. We are the one that demand a lot, like saying, "Oh, can we use slow down?" Or can you go a little faster? Uh, I mean, it's our form. So as our form, it takes a lot of work. And to be really good, you have to be somehow, um, you know, really demanding in both sides. Uh, it's like you need a challenge. Otherwise, you don't get better. If everything is like, oh, very good. Yeah, you look good. No, it's really good. Uh, you're not going anywhere. It's not, it, that's not how it works. Definitely not. There are many hours of work behind all of this. Uh, there are many sacrifices, of course. And uh, by the end, of course, the moment that you enjoy the most is when the performance happens because you have an audience and like you don't think anymore. You just go on stage and you dance. And I think I suppose it's, it's for, the same for you guys. Like you, Mark, can go and like you conduct. And you know, I think it's kind of the same. It's like just two hearts combined together. And it's I think very, that's very difficult to combine, but I think when it works, it's just magical, actually. It's really oh, yeah. great. I think we can sense that even in the pit, even when we don't see you guys, I think we can sense when it's a really successful um, performance on stage as well. And you can feel the energy in the hall. It's really, really nice when it works. So Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. I miss that. I really miss that. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> We all miss it so much. Um, so we have like one more minute left, but I did want to just sort of put, I know it went fast, right? I did want to just sort of put out, do any of you guys have any questions for each other that we didn't get to, that I didn't touch on, um, that you really want to know? No, I, I, I Angelo, though, do, you, do you have any fear on stage? Because <laughs> one, of the, one of the great joys of working with you, I mean, every dance is different, but one of the great joys with you is that you seem to have absolutely no fear. And uh, if you think you can try something, you're going to go for it. And I don't, th I don't think I've ever seen you back off from anything. And, it, and it's wonderful to work with because, uh, you know, you just, so it just makes me want to give you everything I can. Uh, that's actually interesting. Uh, so I, I'm actually really, really afraid. People don't think so. But before to go on stage, I realized that I can repeat the full combination probably three times. When we used to do like donkey shot full lens before to go on stage and perform, the, the, do the performance, I was like trying to do the full donkey shot probably twice in a row before the performance. Uh, but there is a thing that I kind of find that I'm really not afraid is the moment that I go on stage. The moment that I step on stage, I'm not afraid. I just go with, I just enjoy what I'm doing because, you know, otherwise, why am I working so hard if after I don't even enjoy the moment, you know? So it's like kind of like you are there for our audience. You're there to give everything you can. You're there to tell a story or everything. Uh, it takes a lot of, it took me a lot of time. At first I was really afraid and I didn't want to go on stage at all. Um, but with time, I find, I find that the less I think, the better I try to enjoy the music and like the step, the movement, 
the more the audience receives, like the more, the more the audience like get involved in what we are doing. And that's the most beautiful part. That's why I don't really mind, you know, if I fail, yes, I really get mad with myself, but I never stop. Like I, I just like, in, I fell and a second later I'm like already up, you know, it's like kind of an energy that I don't know. It's like kind of like I feel free and it's, it's beautiful. I have to say, it's, I'm lucky, I think, but uh, I just, that's why I, I like. Trying to do a triple-sided basket in Napa in a space that's like five. That was amazing. And he was like landed in the I wish, It was ridiculous. But you anyway. <laughs> I wish they record that, that the performance because even it was okay. Like the part of the, you know, it's really easy. Flame of Paris is really easy. The part of the, the variation is start to be a little com- complicated. And, and I, I just like went for every single step. It was a triple to the basque or like jumping higher or whatever. And I get to a thrill a second and I remember the moment. It was so funny. I just went to go and turn a la second with the leg a la second. And I, I, I just fell out of it. And I, I don't know why. It's so weird. I, I usually, usually it's not a problem for me to do that. And I just fell out. And, and I kind of say, Oh, Madonna, in Italiano. <laughs> I got like shocked by myself and I remember the face of Francis Chang, principal dancer of San Francisco Ballet. Just went like to the audience. <laughs> you know, they kind of like, oh, it happens, you know? And I was like, whoa, why? But that's, that's beautiful. I mean, I think it's the most beautiful part, like to enjoying actually what we are doing. Like we are creating art and I think it's really important um, for everyone. I think it's important to have art in our lives. Without art, uh, I don't know. I think uh, it would be a, like a kind of boring life. We are lucky to do this kind of life because I think it brings us a lot of emotion and sensation. And we feel certain things that many people, unfortunately, cannot feel in their normal life. And so I'm, I'm glad that I'm part of this. Well, I think... I think that's a lovely note to end on, and we are at time. I feel I feel like this 30 minutes just flew by. I hope you guys do as well. Um, I want to say thank you to all three of you, Martin, Cordula, Angelo, for joining me today. Um, and a huge thank you to our audience as well um, who is out there and watching. Thank you so much for your support during this time of San Francisco Ballet. Hope you enjoy the three ballets that are streaming now, and I hope we will see you all back on Tuesday when we will be streaming um, our full 2020 gala from this year. And you can see um, see and hear all three of the people featured today in that as well. So thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ciao, everyone. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.